Anyway, that was boring. What do you say we start the show, boys? Uh, let's do some opening takes to start the show. The Simple Mind Sports Show. Bill, I uh, haven't seen you in a week or so. Why don't you kick us off? Uh, so I've been saying this uh, three, four years. I know we have, we both have all three of us have varying opinions on the guy, but uh, he was the guy I wanted to succeed Tom Brady, and that was Matthew Stafford. You know, he looked like shit for three quarters, but when the game is on the line, if you look at his track record, he's a at these top five and fourth quarter comebacks since he's been in the league as a number one draft pick. And that was a money drive. I know, say what you want. Refs could have helped him out some bad ticky tack penalties, but I mean, you know, penalties are the reason why the Bengals, you know, non penalty calls are the reason why the Bengals were even leading in that Super Bowl. So Matthew Stafford, good on him. I I, I like him. I've always liked Matthew Stafford and, and he, he seems like he, you know, got rid of that Detroit stink, finally got that Super Bowl, you know, and game on the line. He, he came through. And again, I, Hats my hat off to him. I wanted him here in New England. It was for me the classic Matthew Stafford game. We'll we'll get into that for sure. The classic Matthew Stafford game. But yep, you got the ring, so good on him, Raymond. Uh, thank you, Richard. Uh, the Boston Celtics are on a nine-game winning streak right now. Hold on, what was that? What, say that again. Nine. <clears throat> is that nine good? Game Bill? Is that good? That's, is a 50-point win last night good? All right, sorry to interrupt you, Raymond. The, no problem, the guy that but thought that wanted... they would be the 10th seed and has been shitting on the Celtics all season long, your opening take. Yes, uh, the Boston Celtics are on a nine-game winning streak, in case you didn't hear me. But I want to deep dive in deeper. Since 2022 started, January 1st, they are 17-6, and six, and they're they are holding opponents to a 97.5 points per game. This team is defense bought in. The defense oh. is bought in. They're, I said it. They are like the Detroit Pistons. I didn't say they are the Detroit Pistons back in 2004, but their philosophy is defense. They finally bought in. They're sick of losing. They're listening to IMA, and now they have the second-best defensive rating at 104.8 behind the Golden State Warriors, who are .4 better than them. So, yeah, I'm loving this defensive basketball and shutting down the best players in the league like they did against Embiid last evening. Rich, Rich, do you want to go? Or, or do you no, want no, to know? We'll save it for the show. Uh, Ray's, <laughs> you know, uh, where I'm going with this. <laughs> Ray's text message was, was quite, quite you took my fucking, you took <laughs> my text. Flip just, flop of oh, flip flops on this guy in the Celtics went from the 10th seed to the fucking 04 Pistons. Uh, so we'll certainly be doing some Celtics talk, the best team in town those. right now. Um, the not so best team in town right now are your Boston Bruins after the Marchand and uh, Bergeron departure and Tuca, if you want to throw in that, the three games since they're one, one and one, including a, a six zero loss to their nemesis right now, if that's what you call them. They, they don't have a fucking answer for that Carolina team. The Carolina is such a bad matchup for them. But the point that I would like to make is in that little three-game, small sample size, small stretch where you needed your leaders to step up and the future of this team to step up, Mr. David Pasternak has a grand total of three zero points, zero assists, zero games, zero impact, nothing, nowhere, nada. Not a fucking ounce from this guy in those three games when you need him the most, which in my opinion has been his MO. One of the you know premier goal scorers in the league, sure. Uh one of the so best wrong. players on your team. But when the when the nuts are on the table and you need a guy to elevate the team, David Pasnack is not your guy. And certainly his running mate Taylor Hall is not your guy. He's proven that over a 10-year career. I uh, said this in the show without you, Bill, that this was a good chance for Pasternak to step up and show me that he's ready to take the next step. 
And so far he hasn't, he's probably got a couple more games before Bergeron gets back. Uh, we'll see what happens with the appeal. Martian's going to lose that. So he's still got three more games to sit out. You're looking at another week, another couple games. Can Pasnack get better than zero, better than fucking zeros on the board without his binkies. We'll see. We'll see. I guess. You've already pissed me off so much since I've been Welcome to the Silvermine Sports Show, Friday Rewind, February 18th. Welcome back, Bill. Welcome to the show. Yeah, God forbid we record one day a fucking week and you can't make it. God forbid you oh! can't fucking change your goddamn schedule one time. Even if uh-uh. you're on vacation, can't run a fucking errand. You lie to us in the text message. This uh-uh. show's brought to you by White uh-uh. Birch Brewing. I worked. Uh, I worked the best today, craft brewing bitch. in New Hampshire that Bill refuses to go to. Ray, address, please. Maybe it's because he doesn't know it's at 460 Amherst Street. That's natural. You said they the good side this. of Amherst Street. Uh, head on down to the brewery. Uh, get yourself a flight. Get yourself a pint. Um, you won't see Bill there, so don't bring your guns. You don't have to. Uh, and if you can't get there, then get at your local beer store, wherever you get it. Tell them the Simple Minds boys sent you white birch brewing. Uh, all right, we're going to go back to Bill's opening take. We're going to say we're going to try and quell that, that, that fucking rage boner he's got going on right now. <laughs> we'll save Bruins for the end. Let's go back to, to his happy place and Mr. Matt Stafford. They're 23 to 20 win in the Super Bowl. Over the Cincinnati Bengals. That just sounds weird. Uh, Who they? This is... What? Who they? <laughs> Another. The, the year the FUPA is fucking over, Ray, by the way. The year yeah, the FUPA is uh, over. I know. <laughs> Your Cincinnati Bengals are Bengals dead. Laws. Come cookies back. coming. I know. It's, I know. I should have, we should have printed out those texts that night. <laughs> I wanted to fucking murder both of you that night. I think yeah. I text. I think I texted you at midnight. Hey, hey, Rich. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw it the next morning. Bill's Thanks, talking Bill. about the uh, text messages during the Super Bowl, uh, and this is a classic Ray situation. When things are going right, he doesn't shut the fuck up, and when things are going wrong, radio silence. Radio silence. Or maybe was, he tries a couple third grade text messages like he did today with uh, "I'm rubber, you're glue." Poo poo poo. <laughs> Uh, here's he what I have the to same say. joke twice. <laughs> so stupid. So bottom of the totem pole, dumb. The year the poop is over. I love it. It feels right. Uh, let's get back to the game. Super Bowl game. Let's start with Matt Stafford. The classic Matt Stafford game. Um, two stupid interceptions. I don't even know if they're bad. They're just dumb, like bad throws, dumb decisions. Uh, but he did have the late drive that ended up being the game winning drive. A little help. from eh, the refs. There it is. His Thank statistics you. were 26 for 40. 283 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. It was, it was the essential. It was the essential Matt Stafford game. Had a couple like that no look pass to Cooper Cup on the final was drive not, was oh, one of the best man. passes I've ever seen. And then that throw to the end zone for a first pick was one of the stupidest decisions and worst passes I've ever seen. I didn't think his second pick. You, you guys disagreed. You said I thought you know who was it Jefferson or whatever the third guy who yeah. came in who came in for um when OBJ went down. I mean he had his hands right on it. That hit his forearm. That should have been caught. I know it was a it was more of a risky throw. So I don't really put the blame fully on him. It was a kind of a tipped, but it's it was a, a bad, bad throw. I went back and looked and I couldn't tell if the receiver slowed up or not. That's the only that's the out I'll give Stafford on that. If he slowed up his route because he he felt the safety coming, then okay. But either way, like I don't know. And that, catch in it, that part of the down. game, like the better the the elite quarterbacks, that doesn't happen to for whatever reason. That doesn't just doesn't happen in that part of the game for the better quarterbacks. It does for Matt Stafford, but he overcomes it. 
more times, you know, than he probably should. And he's, and he did this game with a little help from the, uh, the refs. Zebras. You mean Aaron Donald? <clears throat> you want to go to the, let's just do the ref thing first, because okay. that final drive, it was fourth down. The Rams weren't going to score. If they didn't call that first holding, the, the Rams were not scoring a touchdown. It was third they and had, nine. It was third and nine when they got a holding penalty. Yeah, third. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, and they, they went to fourth down. Score. And those three plays were garbage. Were hot, hot Ooh. garbage. I have to say something real quick. By the way, I, Ray, you were watching on live TV, right? Yeah. I was watching on live TV, and your fucking feed was faster than mine. All I could see is ah motherfucker, and I'm like, oh god, what what, what am I? And like five seconds after your text, boom, the feel? play happened. Oh, How, it, oh, it was weird because I knew you. Were I was delayed live. a full minute and a half, so I I always <laughs> just have to put my phone on silent uh, away with the screen yeah. down, and yeah. then like catch up. Oh yeah, when I'm streaming, I have to do that too, or I have to shut off Twitter because Twitter, you got like Mike Reese and fucking all the Patriot yeah, I, I, guys. I, no, no, fucking things up. I'm like, god damn it, notifications no, are but, off. But, with the streaming yeah. game, but back to just quickly yeah, on the rest. I'll, ta- I'll take how, the rest. How big of an impact was the rest? Because it was the huge. bigger impact. Bill was that they let most of the game up until that point. They let him play. Obviously, the big missed call with Jalen Ramsey on the touchdown, the first play of the second was that half. Higgins, right? He Higgins, the yeah. face mask. Yep. He just yep. ripped Jalen Ramsey down. It's an offensive pi any day of the week. I don't think they saw that, right? So they just missed it. But these two holding calls in the end zone, basically to win the game for the Rams. Ooh, that's a bad the one in, letting most the of one the in the end zone was, the one in the end zone was legit i think that was but they called what a pass interference at one point that was ticky tack and then the holding call on 39 that's 39 at, at that point at fourth and nine you're playing back you're playing at the sticks you're not letting anybody get by you and you know and you're, that game's over the game's over right there to get a first down and then again you get a bit another penalty right after i thought the second penalty in, in the end zone that made it first and goal on the end zone was legit but but higgins higgins ripped ramsey down by the face mask and they they let the no call so i mean it goes both ways it evened out i think you saw makeup calls for that um blame it all you want but Dude, Cincinnati took the lead because of a fucking bullshit blown call that should it was that was more blatant than anything that we've seen since, you know, the the penalty in fucking um New Orleans Rams championship, right? I mean, that's how blatant it was and that again, something that wasn't called, it went both ways. It was a makeup call. There it was. It happens. I don't blame I I never want to blame the refs. It was it is what it is. They still had to make the plays, right? They still had to make the plays. They still had stopped plays. Rams did a better job and they scored. And then again, blame Cincinnati too, right? You had a chance. You got the ball back with two timeouts and you did what you did the whole second half and got Joe Burrows killed. You could not protect him. You had Jamar Chase wide open on Jalen Ramsey with anything short of a touchdown that was coming from that to win the fucking game. So it's like, you cannot protect him. You had your chances. You can't blame a ref to cost you the game. When you got the ball back with what a minute 21 with three timeouts and the Aaron and Donald's you... offsides. Oh, oh God. All right, Ray, say your piece. Ahead, what, what are your, what's your piece on the refs in this game? My whole thing is that uh, like for playoffs, we have the technology now. Why not have like a sky judge? You have the camera angles, you have everything. Have a little beeper. Go down to the referees if they miss something, like the the face mask pass interference, 
or the holding call that was not a holding call. Something beefs down, lets them know, hey, we got to go check this out. I mean, yeah, it's going let to let the game go longer, but for a game of this magnitude or for the playoffs in that matter, I mean, I think it should be something that they address, that they look at and have something like that. Another camera angle or someone from New York looking at all those plays just so – I mean, look what happened when New Orleans, uh, New Orleans lost when Stefan Diggs got that ball with the Vikings. You know, the pass interference there. There's been so many times that calls like that lose teams the game that, that you don't remember that? Penalty. I don't think that was a pass interference. What was well, oh, the New Orleans game? Was Rams. Oh, was that bad. against the Rams? I'm sorry, against the Rams. Yes, Stefan yeah. Diggs' catch was, was just the dumbest defensive play in the yeah, history sorry. of uh, football. The Rams one, but that's what no, I'm saying. Right. You just I, a- look, if you want to talk about uh, replay in all of sports, then I am going to, what do they call it in soccer, VRU or whatever. That will take the least amount of time. Take it out of the ref's hands. Take it out of the coach's hands. Send it to somebody watching. You can yeah. pay a, a million people to watch the game just like everybody else. It's feel, it feels like more times than not, the TV copy is better than what these fucking refs and everyone else is seeing. Like, it was blatant. There are blatant calls everywhere. If you want replay, Bill Belichick said it 10 years ago. Make everything reviewable and just get the call right because that's the whole point. I would go the other way. I'd fucking eliminate it because I think it's better that they missed the call on Jalen Ramsey and they had ticky tack calls on the goal line and teams have to overcome it. And then at the end you can bitch about it because that's all entertainment. Anyway, I just get rid make of up calls, replay. but I see, I, I want big plays. I mean, Tom Brady built a career on a replay. Let's not forget. I'm, I'm all for it. You need to, I think replay needs to be in the game I'm and not I, for a replay just because the tuck rule though. I can, I can get past my, <laughs> past my hubris on that fucking thing. No, but I'm just saying, and it's just my point though. Like I, I'm okay with that. I still enjoy the human factor of the game, the judgment calls. And again, it was a makeup call late in the game and it should have been made maybe earlier in the game. And it was not the right time for a makeup call, but that's what happened. You know, I say what you want. It was rigged, whatever you want. But again, you let Higgins score on a blatant penalty and it was just a makeup call late. And it just happens again. Yeah, it was still, seven points for seven points in, in sorry. Can I ask you something? And if, I, if you're, resting. I know real quick, but if you're Cincinnati, you let Matthew Stafford score there and take as much time as you can. I don't know what, what they were doing, Neither. making the tackle, let him score with three oh, timeouts. I don't know that. Yep. That, I Cincinnati, Cincinnati D line. Well, I guess they got down on the one, then you let them score. It was yeah. First and first and goal that's, on the one. I mean, yeah, you have to let them score. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. We got a lot of Super Bowl talk in, uh, haven't got to any of it. Cooper cup, best wide receiver in the league since. I, you know what, Antonio Brown's five year stretch, say what you want about Pretty how good. crazy he was. He didn't, yeah. he didn't have, um, you know, the Super Bowl cause he ran into the, you know, greatest dynasty of all time in the New England Patriots, but he had Hall of Fame numbers in six years. It's Hall more of, of a numbers. it's more of an introduction to talk about how fucking good Cooper Cup is. Cooper Cup, like I hate the fade. I hate that play. We, we kind of everyone at this point, I think, hates that play. You're on the one yard line and you throw a fade in the end zone. But if I'm throwing it to anybody, I'll throw anything Cooper to Cooper Cup, Cup and I yeah. feel like he's gonna get it. He's that good at this point. You know why him and Matthew Stafford had such a good connection? They're white. No, put a wig on uh, Cooper Cup, and it looks just like Matthew Stafford's wife. It's a pretty. I man. disagree. I disagree. But it's just something. Ray's so only seen this- Matthew Stafford's wife's tits. That's why he's never looked yeah, up. I don't ever looked at her face. Does she yeah. even have tits? Aren't? Didn't she have cancer in there? She no, had brain girl. cancer, Bill. You fucking idiot. Um, but is this what Mac Jones needs? He needs like a legit. I'm not cancer. I can joke about it. Oh God, I hate fucking when Bill talks. <laughs> God, never mind. Go on. Uh, does Mac Jones need a Cooper Cup? Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. Well, that's what I'm saying. You need an elite receiver nowadays in order to get to the next level. And then obviously Jacoby Myers and whatever Kendrick Bourne aren't those guys. They need to go out and address this in free agency. 
Yeah, I like Kendrick maybe. Bourne. I'm not going to lie. I think Kendrick Bourne's a good third receiver on a team. If you add, I think if you add a legit number two, a la uh, Ridley, one number two receiver, I think Ridley in Atlanta might be a good. But again, what are you going to pay for a fucking basket case? Yeah, well, that's another uh, story for another day. Uh, free agency starts March 16th. Mark your calendar in the NFL. Mm, uh, day. Be- before we get to that, we have to talk about old pedestrian Joe, Mr. Joe Burrow, raised guy, top five, top ten. 22 for 33, 263, one touchdown, uh, which shouldn't have been a touchdown. In to, and I'm not saying this to shit on you, Ray, because the year the foop is over, I don't need to do that anymore. That was one of the most pedestrian games from a quarterback in the Super Bowl I've seen in a long time for a guy that's been touted as the next best thing and have made a living on big plays all season long. I get his offensive line sucked, but can you name me a memorable play that he made other than the touchdown that shouldn't have been a touchdown, which was a bad throw by him, by under, the way? That was underthrown. No, but also if you only have two seconds to throw the ball because your offensive line can't hold the defensive line back, I mean, that's pretty good on Joe Burrow's side. I don't know about good. It was what it was. There, nah, I, He just didn't do enough to for the elevate. first half. For the first half, though, for not getting sacked at all, he was playing a pretty clean game, and his, off, his offensive line was still letting guys go through. He had, like, two seconds to throw every single time. Like, he didn't have much time at all. And yeah. Their names was Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. Were the, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati front, uh, defensive front, outplayed the Rams' defensive front for most of that game. And Matt Stafford had a better game than Joe Burrow, even with the two picks. He was more run the ball to save than Joe lives. Burrow. They couldn't run the ball at all. Joe Mixon was having a day. So I just come away from this. We, you know, we have the bet that Joe Joe Burrow will be a top five quarterback in the league. And he had a hell of a run here at the end of the season. His uh, playoffs were pretty good to good. And his, his Super Bowl was pedestrian. He was, he was a sidecar for most of the day, which to me doesn't vault him into that top five spot. We can reevaluate when the league, when the season starts up again. But uh, I think he's, you know, it's the second year. I would be worried, though. Sorry to Bill, but I would be worried if I was a Bengals fan because his comments after that, after that Super Bowl were Dan Marino-esque. We'll get back. We'll get back. Steve, I'm a Washington, been down, I was down here when they pulled Steven Strasburg. Bill, you remember this, when he yep. could have pitched and the Nats were the best team in the league, and then they didn't get back and win the World Series for another decade. So... And he had Tommy John after it's they babied him too. It's not guaranteed you're going to get back, and that AFC is stacked, stacked. with teams that are probably Ooh. better than them. Good I'd point, be worried Rich. if I was Cincinnati. Yeah, and Joe Burrow, uh, the last 16 quarterbacks to lose their first career Super Bowl start have never went back. Ooh. Tough one to swallow there, Raymond. Tough one to swallow there. Uh, you know who also is on that list, Rich? Our dear, dear friend, Drew Bledsoe. Oh, poor Drew. He's got good wine, though. So he's okay. And $100 million. Uh, oh, here's what was pissing me off. And this was before the game. The Sean McVay, Aaron Donald retirement talk. Shut the fuck up. Sean McVay said he didn't want to coach till he's 60. He's 38. Like, give me 36. a fucking break. He's, he wants he's our spend, age. He wants to spend time with his family. Give me a Have you seen his break. girlfriend? Oh, balls ooh, deep. Ooh, 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 boy. I don't give a shit. That's full of shit. They're either, like Bill said, uh, with his dollar sign uh, negotiating without negotiating for contract extensions, or they know that a reckoning is coming with that team's uh, salary implications and trying to get out from under that. Although I guess at the stupid shitty parade they had today, they basically said, why not run it back? So we'll see what's going on there. The last point in the Aaron Donald thing is now he's getting touted as one of as the best defensive player of all time. 
I put five guys just off the top of my head when writing this email that I think are better than him. LT, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Deion Sanders, Reggie White, Mean Joe Green. I don't know if you want to throw some more, uh, in there, but Aaron Donald doesn't top the list for me. Nope. Uh, he He's close. I mean, I don't I'd put him over. I mean, dude, eight years, seven all pros, three defensive player of the years, eight Pro Bowls. He's got a Super Bowl now. I mean, he's he's got to be in that consideration. I think he's probably one of the best defensive linemen of all time. I mean, let's be real. I think yeah, Dion. LT Reggie White Reggie White was pretty Reggie Reggie White guys like that are you know those are legit I mean I think LT is probably the the best defensive player of all time you can't have a career for eight years and be the best of all time in anything no, you, you got to at least keep decade. it going. All right. So can I give you a consp- uh, comparison? Let's be oh, real. Gronk. Say conspiracy theory. Gronk. Right. Some people are saying he was the greatest of all greatest tight end, tight end of all time. Right. Injuries. Everyone brings up Tony Gonzalez and longevity and all that. I mean, Aaron Donald has that longevity, but Gronk is in that conversation for greatest tight end of all time around when he retired. Yeah, but, if that makes right. And that yeah, was but only that 10 years in the league. Now he does because he came back. But I'm just saying, if Aaron Donald retires, he's doing the Gronk. Yes, with three right Super back. Bowls. Like Gronk, the impact of his game was different. He had three Super Bowls, not one. He only he, played in two. His he team played in the dominated two wins, so the league. Him. His like Aaron Donald suffers because the impact of the L.A. Rams is not what a real football town would be in the NFL. So he's going to suffer. He's never going to be the greatest. Of Did all time. you see uh, Brady's whole career happen in between Rams Super Bowls? Yeah, I heard. I saw that. <laughs> How fucking crazy is that? That's yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, last point I had here on just the McVeigh and the, the ball lapping of McVeigh and Bill, you brought a little bit of this up with uh, um, fucking Zach Taylor on the other side. And just in terms of were the coaches impressive to you in this new wave of young coaches, two of them now in the uh, in the Super Bowl, all both Kyle McVeigh, uh, Sean McVeigh disciples. Uh, Kyle Shanahan disciples, Mike Shanahan disciples, you know, this offense, LaFleur is up there in Green Bay. Your point, Bill, that uh, Zach Taylor didn't make any adjustments. I don't think McVay made any adjustments. That's why we got that slog in the middle of the game. No one could do shit until some refs got involved or people made mistakes. The coaching did not impress me. They went in with their game plan and they tried to execute it throughout. And that was it. Let's give props to Raheem Morris though on that defense. I mean, I think that that's the the major adjustments you saw, but that's coming that that's him making that decision, not Sean McVay, right? I mean, he runs that defense. McVay is one of those coaches that handles the offense. He has no fucking clue what's going on. He handles guys that just do whatever. He's not one of those coaches that has all aspects of the game. So I mean, Morris is running that defense. He's the one that made the adjustments. I mean, you you saw it from at halftime. I don't know what they did at halftime, but Joe Joe Burrows was running for his fucking life. He was running for life. I think that that was the best coaching, you know, in in the in the Super Bowl. But McVeigh and, and and Zach Taylor, come on, dude, you're watching a quarterback get killed. You got some protection. You got some protection. You're running the football all game. Why did you go away from running the football just to get Joe Burrow killed? You were you you were gashing them on the run. They were letting you run the football. That was their game plan to let you run the football. And why did you not take advantage of it more in the second half? Instead, you let Joe Burrow sit, sit back on second and third or first and second down, try to throw the football and get killed. That's a mistake. Yeah. Ray, is it just me or did that last play of the Aaron Donald sack just lack excitement? It felt like there was another quarter to play or something. It didn't feel like the end of the Super Bowl. Was that just or, me? Or we all knew what was going to happen. We all okay. knew that the Bengals are going to get stopped and Joe Burrow is either going to get sacked or throw something stupid and lose it on fourth and one. 
You know who was that? Who did he throw to? P Ryan dive for that. It's a fucking Super Bowl. It's fourth down. You oh, gotta yeah. dive for that. I kind of felt it, the you... same way, Bill. I kind of, I kind of felt like that was an attainable ball to get. And as much as just shit on Joe Burrow, good on him for actually getting. The I ball jumped out. head first on a fucking bulkhead to catch a football back in my day. This motherfucker can jump on a field out on a fucking field to catch a football in the and Super there were Bowl, no okay? helmets there were no helmets back then so hell was no. it was the leather it was the leather i didn't see it i didn't see it um well that was good super bowl talk uh football season is over uh oh. on the field anyway and now the off season begins the nfl is never dead um especially with baseball actually dead so damn it uh, we'll, be, we'll get back to football Maybe the uh, dark side of football isn't dead. Real, real quick. Uh, before no, we, we do we that, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back uh, to talk a little Celtics chat with Jack. Bill, you're, you're welcome to go uh, jack off to old baseball film <laughs> while we talk basketball if you want. We'll be right back. Look at that face. Hey, Jack, how are you? Welcome. Good, good. What's up, guys? How we doing? Good We're man. Good. Uh, obviously, you know me and Ray. Now we have a resident asshole, Bill, in the building. So say hi, Bill. <laughs> Hello. Love to see it. Hey, Bill. <laughs> How are we doing? Good. Good. Positive vibes only. Uh, sweatshirt is the biggest oxymoron you'll see in 2022. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You gotta. You gotta put out the energy, no matter what uh, energy might actually be. Uh, you know, yeah. putting out there. You gotta fake yeah. it till you make it, as they say. What energy does AIDS give off? Cause you have it. No, just kidding. Jack, uh, we got a good team on our hands. Apparently, apparently we do. <laughs> the Celtics are good. All right. Well, let me do a proper intro. Uh, all right. We're back. Uh, and again, we're back with Jack talking Celtics. Uh, Jack, again, seeing as just your second time on the program again, tell us a little bit about yourself, where to find your stuff. And then we'll talk some C's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, write for a lot of different outlets. Celtics blog probably being the main one for listeners of, you know, the Boston uh, sports scene at the Hive is for the Hornets, Hoops Habits for the general NBA, and then uh, CLNS Media as well, another Boston outlet. But uh, yeah, I also do From the Rafters podcast about the Celtics as well. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at JacksonMoneNBA, and that, that's about it. <laughs> you say uh, the Hornets, like the Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, yeah. I cover them a bit as well. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's It's okay. But you know, Lamelo's fun. We have that. Lamelo's Lame- oh, a good time. Lame- uh, uh, how's yeah. Gordon doing? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's hurt right now. As as whoa, ironic whoa. as that I mean, might you be. don't have to know that for sure to <laughs> to think that Glass Gordon Hayward is hurt. Uh, before we get into the into the Celtics, is he the worst contract in the league currently? Gordon Hayward? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. Not even close. It was Kemba Walker, but the Celtics traded. Dude, what are they paying him? One hundred and ten <laughs> million dollars for four years, not to play. Twenty. hundred. It's a lot. Yeah. He he's been somewhat consistent. He's injured. I mean, <laughs> when you compare it to the the John Wall and Russell Westbrook contracts, I would say it's not oh, nearly as bad. John Wall is the worst one. Yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. They're paying I don't him really... eighty nine million not to this play. Is it. This is it. I guess those are. I guess yeah. Technically, those are worse. Well, they almost. Hey, just I think they say, almost traded Westbrook. The Lakers almost traded Westbrook for the corpse of John Wall, but they decided. I was gonna say, it. would you would the Lakers rather be paying Gordon Hayward thirty million not to play or Westbrook forty five to play like he is? And th- that's a debate for you. So no, it's a it's a good point. And if I was the Lakers, I would have traded Westbrook for the corpse of John Wall. That's how bad yeah. Westbrook. Is. Hey, I have a question on the Celtics for you. Yeah, if if you're stupid enough to make a bet on a cum cookie. 
on top four <laughs> finish for the Celtics. Where would you, where are your feelings on that as we speak on this nine game winning streak? Top four is tough, man. Cause like they just the have I to hit it, number four. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, high stakes there. So uh, Miami heat, <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> I definitely got Miami heat. I, I think they'll definitely be top five, but then outside of that, you're talking Cavs, Bulls, Bulls are injured, Bucks, Bucks are dealing with injuries. Uh, the Cavs are a wild card. They're good randomly. I would say not terrible odds, honestly. Game and I'd a half give it up, about right? yeah, I'd give it about 50-50 at this point, which if you said a month ago, like that's kind of crazy. And even 50-50 might be low with how you know great they're playing lately. So it, it's tough, but there's definitely a good chance. Yeah, look, I, so the bet that Ray, uh, that Bill is stumbling into is Ray and I bet that I thought that Celtics would be the top four in the East. He thought they'd be in 10th. Um, uh, most of the season, <laughs> it looked like Ray was going to be correct. Uh, however, obviously, they've made this now nine game run. Yeah. And more importantly, they look like a top four team. They have the talent to be a top four team. And the East is completely wide open. Um, so to dive back in, uh, we're on the heels now of a 135 to 87 shellacking of the 76ers and league yep. MVP, Joel Embiid. Um, just uh, so you did a little bit, but just give us your overall impression of the Celtics at this point. No. Yeah. I mean, defense, 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 like that, that's going to be what takes them there. They're averaging. I, I think if I remember correctly over the last 12 games, pistons? <laughs> uh, over the last 12 games, allowing 94.1 no. points a game, I think like, that's like unheard of. No, no teams in the NBA do that nowadays. I think the next best over that same span is the Thunder at 106, which first of all, the Thunder being there is weird. But second of all, the fact that the Celtics are allowing 12 less points than any team in the NBA in the last 12 games. Like, and you you could say, oh, it's a bunch of bad teams. Like you just said, it'd be the Sixers. Like this, the Joel Embiid led Sixers. Like this is real. Yeah. The defense is real hey, at the very least. Three Sixers. NBA history, three straight 30 point wins on the road. Let's put some respect. No one's ever done respect to our, Let's and put the, some respect to our Celtics. And the Sixers you know what? This, were, this has been exciting in oh, this wait, bet. Look, there's, look at that mute button. The Sixers oh, were, were eight of 11. Eight wins out of their last 11 games. Uh, again, with Joel Embiid, the, the MVP. Um, a couple points in this game. Uh, and, and this has been pretty much to this whole win streak. But Jalen Brown is scoring at will in the first half in these games 26 in the first half of this one jason tatum has found a complete game mostly i have some question marks we can get to but uh this game is 26 12 and 6 i think um you have the addition of daniel tice Ray's ben wallace if you would uh four blocks in this game <laughs> greatest defensive player ever daniel tice is back in the celtics uh, and then you and then you had uh, the white kid coming in and, and making a uh, con contribution. But the biggest one for the Sixers game and the Sixers team for the Celtics, I think, is Al Horford, who they brought back. And I think his sole purpose on this team is to stop Joel Embiid, which in 28 possessions last night or the other night, um, Horford only gave up eight points for Embiid. Uh, so I think the matchup is there for them. Yeah, I, I mean, Robert Williams obviously is the best center on the team. But if you're talking about a guy that can go up against you know, 280 pound Joel Embiid. It is Al Horford. And like you said, the stat speaks for itself. Talk about a guy stopping Embiid. You can't stop Embiid. You slow him down. But in terms of slowing him down, that's he's walking in molasses against the Celtics the other night. So that's about as good defense as you can play against Embiid. Obviously, he's going to get the free throws. He's going to flop. He's going to do all that. But if the Sixers are, I, I said this in a tweet last night, it was a terrible pun. But if the Sixers are struggling to put up 76 points, 
Like you're, you're doing a pretty good job of defending <laughs> Joel Embiid, who is probably the MVP favorite right now. We like what if Philly, Philly signed Hortford just exactly just to, so he didn't have to face him anymore. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and he's still on the same contract, which is even funnier. He's on the contract Philly signed him to beating uh-huh. Philly. It, it's perfect. It's crazy. What would be the difference if James Harden played last night? Do you think it would be a big change in the score? Or do you think the yeah, Celtics they would have lost that, by 30? Do you think the Celtics are that locked in though? <laughs> Jack, can I take this one um, and I'll give you your chance afterwards? Yeah, please. Because I have a strong opinion. The Sixers are dead. They're dead in the water. James Harden has uh, tanked every team that he's been to. That Houston Rockets was the best chance that they had. And when they got to the playoffs, he choked. James Harden is a loser. He's a born loser. He's a Camarlo Camarlo Anthony. He's never going to win shit. He's going to drag the Sixers team down like he did everybody else. Joel Embiid is soft as shit. He he plays a... I hate watching Joel Embiid. Seven feet tall, 300 pounds, and he shoots threes. Get the fuck out of here. I think the Sixers are kind of doomed. And Seth Curry was one of the best parts of that team. And they traded him away for a guy that's going to quit Drummond on them too. in a year or I like less. Andre Drummond too. That's my take on the, uh, on the Sixers and James Harden, who I don't think would have made a difference last night. Yeah. I mean, Seth Curry loss is obviously huge. Like you said, Richard and Bill, I, I heard you mentioned Drummond. Like a lot of people are clowning on the loss of Drummond. I mean, he's their only backup center. You saw what they were running at backup center last night. It was trash. So um, if James Harden played, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, talk about a guy that dominates the glass. Um, if James Harden played, they obviously probably wouldn't have lost by, 50 or 60 which is what they ended up being uh but at the same time it's gonna take a minute to gel right like you talk about a big ego like harden think about it this way jalen brown marcus Smart, and jason tatum have all been as far as jason tatum or sorry james harden has been in the playoffs and james harden's regarded i mean and obviously james harden's talented there's no denying that but it's all the stuff outside of that talent that gets in the way uh and there's a chance it could work and there's a chance that he might really want to be there. But the fact that you even have to question whether or not he wants to be playing professional basketball for $50 million should Dude, be concerned. He couldn't even file the paperwork to have his extension <laughs> kick in or his option in on time yeah. when he got traded. to That Philly. was ridiculous. Now they're calling it a feeling out period because he couldn't get out of the, the stars. The stars this guy has played for. He ran Chris Paul out of Houston. They're all, he's on the best fucking team in the league right now. Durant, Kyrie, Westbrook. He ran out of there. John Wall was there. It's like Jesus fucking Christ. The stars he's played with and has won jack shit. This guy is a fucking loser. <laughs> well, you have our opinion on that, Jack. Uh, let me get your opinion on a non-loser who I think is uh, uh, going to be a big part of wins for this team for a few years here. Derek White who is leading uh, as in two out of three games he's played for the Celtics has led in plus minus. I think he's like a plus 64 total or something insane like that. Uh, your thoughts on his impact, not only now, but just the move for the Celtics moving forward in the next you know iteration of the Celtics. Yeah. So Derek White's under contract around 15 million this season and it increases to around just under 20 through the 24, 25 season. Uh, which it is what it is. That's the price you pay for talent in the NBA nowadays. But the best part about Derek White is he shot terribly from three, but you don't notice because of everything else he does on the court, right? And that's kind of exactly what you say about Marcus Smart, except I I think, I'm not sure if I said this last time I was on, they're kind of the opposite in the sense that Marcus Smart is a really good defender and an all-right offensive player in terms of scoring. And Derek White is a really good defender and like a slightly better offensive version. So they're kind of like, the same player it's just one plays better a little bit better on defense and the other plays a little bit better on offense so if you're talking about 
I mean, you see the impact Marcus Smart has had on this team. You add that plus a, probably a little bit better shooting and more consistency on the offensive end too. You just have two of those guys and one is on a cheaper contract. I mean, they're on similar contracts, but the flexibility yeah. you give that long-term, especially when you consider, right, if the Celtics, this core doesn't work out, which obviously it is right now, you can trade one of them and still have the other. They're basically just carbon copies. And obviously they're, they're different because oh, you get Smart and Robert but, Williams yeah. are or a deal their <laughs> contracts are perfect you, you get marcus smart off this get marcus smart off this fucking team it sets you up for bradley beals it set you up for damian lily contracts shit like that especially when you could throw an al, al horford expiring deal Derek I'll white's say, the future on this team he should be the starter get marcus he's going to be the starter now marcus smart's out tonight i believe he's starting now so let's see what he could do not coming off the bench we started the, yeah, I, I I'll just say about this about Marcus Smart Jack. I've been kind of leading the charge of I think it's time to move him because I don't think that he was willing to take on the role that he's taken on in the past. And he's a cunt. But, well, that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of it. But I think he either someone got in his ear that if you don't straighten up, we're gonna move you at the like now, and he straightened up because he has the ability to, or he took it upon himself in his eighth year in the season. By the way, so good for him i guess but make no make no doubt about it when when he came back out of covid is when this team started playing the way Locked they're playing in. yeah and when mm -hmm. he can play at his ability as a quote-unquote point guard he's one of the best distributors this, this this team has at this point and a key to them winning however if the deal is right I, i'd still move him but now he's out with an ankle injury so just your thoughts on on marcus smart as a whole and him being out here for the we don't know how long yeah so ahead of the trade deadline my thing was marcus smart was I don't think moving him necessarily like I, I it's not an addition by subtraction. I don't think moving Marcus smart for the sake of moving him would make the Celtics better. I think he's an important part of what they're doing. And you're seeing that now. Um, and you say eight years in Boston. My thing has always been, you just said it yourself, Marcus Smart's not a shooting guard. He's good when he's the point guard and he's the distributor. You look at his eight years in Boston, Rondo, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. He's always had a point guard in front of him that forces him to play the two guard. And I'm not saying Marcus Smart's better than those guys. Obviously, you take Kyrie and you take prime Kemba over Marcus any day of the week. But then you're just not putting Marcus in the best position to succeed. And again, this is not me saying, you know, shame on Brad Stevens per, for prioritizing all NBA talent over Marcus Smart, right? That's just business and that's right. how it's be run. But now that he's given the chance to play the role that suits him best, you're seeing it work wonders for this team. And the fact that they're, you know, the best defensive team when Marcus Smart gets to run the point guard, it's, it's not a coincidence in my opinion. Yeah. We'll, well it, the team. <laughs> there's still, well, Bill says, <laughs> Bill says that because I think there's still question marks, right? I think that yeah, yeah. we're now two years into or a year and a half in whatever you want to call it, after the bubble into a, um, a trend with these Celtics that has been an underachieving trend until this last 20 games. Right. So there's still some, some question marks to be had with this core and this group, but look, right now they look good. So I ask you Jack here, as we, as we finish up the segment with you, what is the ceiling? Are they playing at their absolute ceiling right now? Or is there room to grow with the young core that they have? Yeah, I don't think this is necessarily the ceiling purely because, I mean, Jason Tatum's not playing exactly like Jason Tatum. You're saying he's diversifying his game, but when he's at his best, he's shooting 40% from three, right? You've seen that for the past three years in Boston. He's shooting like 33% this year. And even lately when it's getting better, it's still not where it's been in his previous years. And the same thing for Jalen Brown. You guys have been watching. Yeah, exactly. And he needs to do that as well. There's still room for these guys to work. And Jalen Brown's been turning the ball over. He's been struggling, but they're relying on that defense. So I think if you pair... 
the defense that they've been playing with a more consistent offense, which they've shown they can do in the past, then that'll be the ceiling of the team. And, you know, whatever you want to say that ceiling is, whether that's, it depends on the competition in the East because the East is really tough place to play right now. Uh, So there's that, but I, I think you combine that even with the fact that they're still 24, 25 years old. You still got these young kids. Uh, Derek White's only 27, you know, and obviously that's entering the prime. So they've still got ready and not even mention Robert Williams. He's like 23 and incredible as well. So there's still room to grow individually as well as find more consistency on the offensive end. And I think that's when you'll see them hit their peak. Yeah. I think uh, from an offensive perspective, I know it's just one game, but that Philly game, might be yeah. their ceiling because they shot like 50% from three or whatever it was. <laughs> hey, like don't forget, were, hey, when they where, where this is the difference. And I had this thought today and, and we'll let you go on this Jack, but uh, mm-hmm. when they're, when they were not hitting the threes early in their, in the season was when you saw the heads go down, shoulders shrug, yeah. big comebacks teams made on them. Uh, and they basically quit. Now when they don't hit their threes, uh, games like Denver, for example, where they were losing in in at halftime, and they had a better second half based on their defense, even though they were their shots. Atlanta now in yeah. Atlanta, good another good point. Now they're showing us that they can come back without hitting their shots in second half of the game. That's a really huge step for them. But when they are hitting their shots, they blow out the MVP of the league by fifty. So like, yeah, that's that's kind of the talent level you're dealing with with the Celtics at this point in time. But I still think they got to put it together. I still think that they got to gel. I have to see Jason Tatum in a game six, the last four minutes of the game when their offense is being challenged for him to go, all right, I played the offense. Now we're not playing the offense. It's time for me to be Kobe because we need a Kobe because our offense isn't working. Now I can't do that all the time, but there are points in the NBA where you need your best player to go get you a bucket. And to, to this point, I don't you think Jason do Tatum has proven, proven do, that. To he me. has not, not been yet. able to do that. Not yet. I don't think he's proven that. Miami, you should have you should have went to the finals. You were a more talented team than Miami. You should have beat it. And if he could have done that in fourth quarters, you're in the finals. Well, it was two years ago. Like he's it. 22. He's a different player now. And I'm I, sick I, of the age. I'm sick of hearing about the age. You've been in the NBA <laughs> since you were fucking 19. Man the fuck up, grow some balls, and let's go. Come on. You're a talented team. I want to see Ray eat this jizz cookie and let's go. <laughs> Well, Jack, I think that Tatum will have an opportunity this playoffs to be in that position. And uh, we'll, I'll give you the floor for your final thoughts on that. Just Jason Tatum taking that next step as the, uh, you know, the elite player in crunch time moments. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think Ime Udoka's defensive system and all this will give him a chance to do that because I think they are in a prime position to, like you guys have alluded to, compete for home court advantage in the playoffs, as interesting as that bet would be to see played out here. Uh, I, I think they've got a real chance. And I think once Jason Tatum gets there, uh, he'll be able to show you the real deal. And, you know, a, a lot of people in Boston do complain about, oh, you know, he's been in the league for this many years. He is still young. You don't see a lot of champions win that young. You know, the, the most recent one was that OKC Thunder team. Like, and that was a really good team. You see where all those guys Giannis. are now. So, yeah, I mean, Giannis is 26. He was 26 when he won. So, I mean, if, if you're going by that standard, you got to give Tatum two more years, which I know is frustrating. And it's you don't six want years to, in the league. That's like the minimum of guys that, that get to the championship yeah. and win. It's six when years. When did Kobe get his first? 26, 27, right? Yeah, Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, Shaq prime was, Shaq. yeah, that was before, yeah, yeah. It was before Shaq was, I think, maybe Jack, you would know. No, look at his seven age, years right? in the league, six or seven years in the league. He was 28 when LA won. Oh, maybe and, that's what it was. Yeah. And Kobe was like four years in the league, or whatever, but he was like 20 years old because he came in at yeah. 18. So Kobe's the aberration, but he had Shaq. Like, yeah. Kobe's mm-hmm. an aberration of that and role. But you he had you Shaq. could look at 
Kawhi Leonard too. He was twenty two when he won Finals MVP. But then again, you you know you got yeah, Tony, Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, Spurs. yeah. But the Golden State team, all those <laughs> still Clay and Steph for six years. To LeBron too. <laughs> LeBron was six years even with the move to Miami. If he stayed in Cleveland, shit, it could have been ten. Could have been never. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's just the mature. That's the maturation. I don't think that's the right word. Process of an NBA player. And honestly, I think we're seeing it with Tatum. Like, I've been hard on him, but I, I want to give him his credit this year. He's transformed his game. He's better around the rim. He's not missing layups anymore. Like, he can distribute off the pass. He's dropping dimes to Grant Williams, who's shooting 40% a clip from the three. Like, Jason Tatum's turned into a really good player, and, and he should kind of get some credit for it. But I need to see him do it in the playoffs in crunch time. Yeah, and I also think you look at some of these guys that, were so young and there are very few that have this sort of role jason tatum was given almost the keys to the offense from the time he stepped in the league right like Kyrie and gordon went down he was the celtics offense then even the next year when Kyrie came back he was huge you look at kobe was probably the last guy who was like that and they still had Shaq. like Giannis was nothing when he came to the nba he had to work he had to grind um you look at Kawhi again he wasn't it yeah exactly so three I mean, inches as much as in it, the nba <laughs> or the second girl three inches man that's fucking crazy <laughs> Exactly. And as much as you hate to say it, there's probably he had to work through that quote unquote, like pride and ego phase because he was handed everything on a silver platter. And now that he's gone through the struggles, now he's starting to mature. And like you said, Richard, like you're starting to see it more from Tatum. So I think that's going to be where the Celtics hit their peak once he does reach that point. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Jack. All right, man, we appreciate you taking a couple minutes with us tonight. We uh, who they playing? They're playing the Pistons tonight, right? What's the score? Yeah. We got I think right it's now? it's closer than you might want. Udoka's called a couple timeouts to even it out. Uh, they're in a, you know, it, it's 37 to 33 Celtics. Sorry, they're showing a replay. Yeah. All right. Nine straight, you're due for a uh, trap game, but they can't afford it when they're in standings and jizz cookies mm. are on the line. So uh, <laughs> let's go see. Jack, thanks, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, but Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Thanks, Jack. Later, man. Skyrockets in flight. Woo! Afternoon delight. Whoop. You guys have it, I think. Huh. Afternoon delight. I don't know, Ron. That sounds kind of crazy. Ray, do you want to finish any thoughts on the Celtics? No, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we'll be, we're, if that's the case, then we're going to give uh, Ray the spotlight here as we turn it over to headlines with the obvious one. Thank you, Richard. Cookie. Oh, good. Can't even let you, do, you can't even let you do the fucking headlines. Dude, the kid doesn't shut the fuck up ever. He just has to keep rambling, rambling. You get so high and so fucking stupid. No, it's because so you guys fucked me last week, so I had to talk more. Hold this on. Uh, hold on. Let me just find the right. Uh, yeah, we're going to switch up the music for this. Headlines. Lord, I was born, born a rambling man. Uh, thank you, Richard. The Celtics are baking up something special for Dr. Big Mac. They pick up their ninth straight win versus the 76ers last night, 135 to 87. Is that good, Bill? Jalen Brown led all scores with 29, 26 in the first half. Tatum treated the stat sheet like a Tuesday at Irene's house and filled her up 28, 12, and 6. League MVP and walking soft pretzel Joel Embiid was held to only 19 points. The race drama says the Celtics also beat the lowly Pistons on Wednesday night to move with three games of the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Bruins pick up a point and an overtime loss against the Rangers. Swayman showed up, but the absence of Marchand and Bergeron has been evident with only three goals in the last three games. They probably lost to the Islanders on Thursday with Skidmark and Net. And Net, <laughs> Racer Thomas doesn't do hockey. 
The Los Angeles Rams are the 2022 Super Bowl champions. They beat the Bengals 23-20. Cooper Cup was the MVP. He finished with eight receptions, 92 yards, and two touchdowns, including the game winner for Matt Stafford. Stafford finished 26 of 40, 283 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, Aaron Donald ended the game with his sack on pedestrian Joe Burrow, his second of the day. Joe Burrow, well, he showed up. This has been headlines with the obvious one, and Bill still has to ramble because he's a cunt. Back to you, Richard. Almost made it, Bill. Almost made it through the whole thing. I, I, was, I you know, that was a little lackluster, Ray. Sometimes you bring a little bit more energy to that, but I can tell you were a little bit defeated uh, from old Billy Rambles there. Oh God, it's just it's worse than my wife. Just shut the fuck up. Thank God. I'm so happy that I did this to you tonight, Ray. I'm going to continue. Speaking of that, Ray, if you life. want to uh, if you want to take another break before the next show, we're going to talk some Bruins here. Uh, there you go. Let's take, a, take a little sideline there, break hockey guy, Ray. Uh, crack. Bill, I know uh, my opening take sparked some uh, fury boners going on with you and Pasternak. And now is, uh, I hope you hope you've calmed down a little bit through the most of the show here. And now we'll finish up talking some Bruins. I'll, I'll throw the floor to you, but my point stands. We went through the text messages today and we can agree to disagree. I think we're closer than you think we are. You just want me to love Pasternak the way that you do. And I'm just more realistic about the player that he is. He's we did come to a, We did come to an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> come to agree. Let me let me trans let me transform our text onto the onto the show here on what the agreement was. I think we both agree that he's an elite goal scorer in the league. I think we both sign him to seven. Yes. Yeah. I you know he's up for an extension. If that if that deal is seven to eight million dollars, I'm in. I would go eight and a half max. I said okay. If that deal's nine to ten, which is probably what he's going to look for, I'm out. And you said you were out too, which tells me. You're closer to what I think of David Pasternak than what you think you think of David Pasternak, which is he's a guy you cannot rely on when the when you need him the most because that's what you pay players ten million dollars for. Well, can I? I'm going to defend him on this one. So take out your two best forwards outside of him, right? Now you have the you're going up against these team. They they're putting their number one guys, and I I say if you want it's an excuse all you want, but you know, think about when they were in the playoffs, right? On the perfection. Hold on. When you dude, how many fucking gummies? What, the fuck? <laughs> what did I say? That was Not, making, you know, you didn't say anything. Let me translate what you're trying to say. The number one defensive <laughs> line is going up against David Pasnack and Taylor Hall. Yeah, and there was the so same problem in the score. Pl- well, tell that to fucking Patrice Bergeron and Brent, <laughs> Brad Marchand, who are the two of the best players in the league for the best decade. What does that have to do with anything? But that's yeah, my but whole. Now they had to break up the line to get the balance scoring. They point, don't have Bill. it with you. Half your first line is not in the fucking. Never mind. Just. You that's can't win with Pasternak. If you lose Bergeron and Marchand, Pasternak cannot lead a team to the promised land. He cannot be the superstar of your team. You need to get rid of him while you can because this guy is not a winner. 
He is a fucking James Harden loser. I don't. He's not James guy. Harden. No, he's just you're a front crazy. runner. Ray, you know nothing about hockey. Shut the he's fuck up. He's a front runner. When things are going good, he tallies up. He gets hat tricks. He stacks points. He stacks his, his his statistics against the bad competition or in games where he's feeling it. But when you when the chips are are stacked and he gets pressure, he's zero. He has zero impact in three games since it's Fred Martin. Games. You, when you need to be the you guy, he can't be the, the guy. He can't be the Stanley guy. Cup playoffs. He has two in the two thousand in the. Uh, seven games of the Stanley Cup Finals against the Blues. He had two goals and two assists in seven games. He was an impact. What did Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron do? More that same series. More. Oh yeah, do you have those stats? I can pull them up all, for you. All three of them sucked. I can pull them up for you, but I can. But you want to tell me that Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron are not better big men, big game players than David Pasternak? Now you're just going to kid yourself. Now you're just going to kick Mar- those guys. Marchand went through. Marchand went through a lull. For a, a little while in the playoffs, look at his record. He he went nine or ten games straight. He certainly did that playoff thirteen goal. playoffs. He sucked, and yeah, this is and that this was is, a Stanley Cup run. This is my other point about David Pasternak. He's still young. He's twenty six, but me telling younger he's, than that, he's twenty four. No, he's twenty. Yeah, yeah, no, he's younger. He's, he's twenty four. The other my point is is not that bitch tits Aaron. Look it up, please. It's not that he can't be that guy. That he's not that guy now, and he hasn't been that guy. And this. I get it. It's three games. I understand. And he's and he stacked goals against shitty teams before that as on a second line as a second line guy. I get that. And he came close to 50 goals a couple years ago. I understand what kind of player he is, but he's he's not he's he's not at that echelon that we want him to be. Oh, split the difference. Split the difference. <laughs> Agree to disagree. 25, 25 years old. And and to, to round out the point, here we are again. Here we are again. <laughs> We've done this charade before, and we're, we're running low, a little bit low on time. So let's move past that onto what uh, has been good, uh, surprisingly good anyway, in these short three-game spurt. Uh, the line of Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, and Craig Smith – uh, has been the best line on the ice since the Mar- you know Martian and Bergeron went out. Um, Coyle has been stacking up some points and showing some offense, yeah, which eleven goals on the season now. Kind of just makes me angry because like why can't you do that consistently, dude? Like you have the skill. Like it would be n- just nice if you could do that. Trent Frederick is doing Trent Frederick things. He's really aggressive and uh, physical, and that's great. And Craig Smith, I think, is just a. a a really good player to have on a hockey team. He needs I like to get Craig something Smith. going though. You need him. Like he struggled last year too. And then he kind of turned it on late. And then once he hit the playoffs, he struggled a little bit in the playoffs too. You need to get him going. You're fighting now. I mean, hopefully you got Bergeron coming back. I think he's with the team tonight or tomorrow, wherever they play. I think tomorrow, they said tomorrow, they, yeah, tomorrow. They're gonna, he, um, Cassidy said that it sounds, like it, it sounds like it was not a concussion. It sounds like it was just a, a laceration to his head. That's yeah, Blake, said that, Blake yeah. said that to us last week too, that it wasn't a concussion. Yeah. Something happened to his head. And yeah, it was, it was like a laceration. Yeah. But you never know. You got to play it safe with him because he's had that history and this is it. You got to, you got to, start playing better you got to start scoring goals and now hopefully when when him and marshawn come back they'll probably you get your balance scored again get get past that back on the board and make a run i mean you still get question marks and goalie with swayman and, and all mark i know they're kind of platooning but i think uh swayman back-to-back starts you saw him get a shutout against ottawa came right back last night and lost in the shootout looked really guess, good I let me the, ask he, he looked really good i thought i thought that first goal was eh, i thought i i thought he could have made a better cha- but better uh better he gave up 30 maybe. he gave up the one goal and 34 shots yeah. and, no, but, some and he's, he's looked good yeah plays uh, let me ask you this on swayman and um 
keep it short if you can, Billy Ramos. Does it benefit him in this platoon role, or does, or or should they give him more of a run to try and, um, you know, get a run going for him and, and get some momentum going for him? We know kind of goal, how goalies are. Tukarask, I think, was an aberration of that because he needed the rest because he's soft as pudding, and that's why it worked to basically split the time 55-45. But does that work for all goalies? Does Allmark benefit from that? Does Swayman benefit from that? Not neither one of them really being able to claim the starting uh, goalie role. I don't think anyone really ben- benefits from a platoon with these guys right now, especially Swayman. I mean, you, the hope is you you get some guy heading into the playoffs that's going to claim it. You want a guy. I I don't like platooning in the playoffs. You saw you saw Carolina do it a couple years ago. Bruins went up there, Missouri and and another guy. They were kind of um you know questionable who to start from game to game i think that was with the six or four the sweep against carolina going into the basically into the finals for the bruins but i mean you need to you got to establish a guy going to the playoffs and this team's doing it you're still hanging around so establish the number one whether it's all mark or swayman i mean can i tell you go ahead so well no can i because this is Mm -hmm. on to the next point here here's what i would do i would try really 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 hard to make all mark a good goalie i would then then it makes Swayman expendable. You signed Olmark for $5 million. For, he's got $20 million in the book, no trade clause for four years. He's there. It's going to be hard to move him. Swayman's a commodity. He's good. And you're looking to make a deal and looking to make moves. Here's the latest on those moves that we've talked about in the past. Um, but just to give you another name that the, the Bruins have been linked to, JT Miller, uh, market clarified with the uh, – who was fucking just traded? Um, Garland. No, no uh, Trifoli. Trifoli, thank you. Um, he was just traded for basically what now is expected to be the market for JT Miller, which is, and this is according to Joe Heggs of Boston Hockey Now, a first-round pick, an additional draft pick, which was a fourth for Trifoli, a top prospect like Jack Stadnika, and a roster player like Jake DeBrusque for JT Miller. However, Fabian Lysol might be what uh, they're looking for in terms of a better prospect, or Jeremy Swayman is where I would jump into there, jump in there and say, can Olmark be your guy that you can rely on? And can Jeremy Swayman be a piece um, of something that can bring you back a JT Miller or a, a, a good addition for not only the now, but the future, which is what JT Miller would be. I don't think DeBrus do, does that. I mean, JT Mills is a point of a game player right now. He has tenure for next year. He is signed for, for a one-year deal. There's no incentive to Vancouver to really move him right now. I mean, I don't think a, a package of a Jake DeBrusque and a Jeremy Swayman gets that done. And the problem with that is, too, is you don't have a succession plan behind Jeremy Swayman they can bring up. So you need to make a couple trades to, to make that happen, really. Right. So you need to. Why do you need a succession them. behind Swayman if you have. Because Omar. who's your backup? Who's your backup goalie Fine, after all? Anybody to be a. No, that's what goalie. I'm saying. You still need to bring a guy in there. But Omar, right now, his numbers are good, but his high lever save percentage is is bottom half in the league is below average. I mean, that's huge. So what's he more makes important. This... What's more important for this team, Bill, a second, li- a, a second line center or a backup goalie. Second line center. Second line center. Of so course, I, I mean... sacrifice. You've been on this train. It's Bergeron's last run. These guys are selling out. 
you can get goalies anywhere. If if the deal, if as long as you can trade for another Swayman goalie, I'm all is, for it. If Swayman's a guy that they want over a Jack Studnika, but is in the middle of Fabian Lysol, fucking buy Swayman. See you, dude. Oh yeah, no. If as long as you're making, as long as there's another move on it to get another guy, I'm all for it because I you have no one in Providence to come up that could back up Lysol. Uh, like, but Lysol is untouchable. You have no way. I'm not moving him. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that most most Bruins. Um, people are Lysol's is not being moved. But my first round pick, JT Miller. You, you still need to add a defense on that too. So if you can, if you can move your first round pick, maybe your second round pick this year, plus Sudnik and DeBrusque, and you can, if you can add a JT Miller, JT Miller is still building to the future. I like Garland out there. He just got traded from Arizona to I, I like Garland for a while. Yeah, Vancouver, right? Is I, I think he's on Vancouver. Yeah, he had a good Vancouver right too. now too, and he's on I think a four year deal remaining at four. 0.5 to 5 million somewhere in that range so again that's a that's a guy you may want i would be more inclined to go out for him i mean he's not as good as jt miller is but he's signed for a cheap deal and those are the guys you want to target not the fucking the hollas of the world the no six of the world the four birds of the world that they're three to five million dollar deals 3.5 million dollar deals i mean garland's a guy they should have targeted and, and get get rid of debrust i think debrust could get a guy like that but not jt miller truthfully yeah yeah, well, well, whatever they do, um, fire Don Queen, Sweeney. Dick face. It was a little bit blurry, but it was fine. I think fire Don Sweeney is in a tight, uh, walking a tightrope here because whatever moves he has to make uh, need to impact the team now. It also has to look towards the future. So um, that those are tough deals to make. So we'll see what he can get done and if the Bruins give him the reason to do it. If they fucking fall into the shitter because David Pasternak can't score a goal without his binkies and they uh, drop out of the playoffs in the next week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he wants to do come the deadline. Uh, we got to move on. We'll be uh, right back. We'll do quick afternoon delight. Oh, no. We'll, we'll just simple minds of the week after this. I have to get a beer. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Hey, Rich, is that a logo or a jizz stain on your shoulder? Jizz stain. Yeah, definitely jizz. Definitely jizz stain. Yeah. You think he fucking shoots it on him? Uh, all right, boys, welcome back. The simplest minds of the week to end the show here. Um, we had a couple. Ray, you had no, you had no um, admissions this week. Did you have any? Do you have any simplest minds of the week? A Russian figure skater. That's mine, you fucking douchebag. I have a new one. Okay, go ahead. The fans in the city of Los Angeles. What a laughable parade. What a laughable parade. That was the worst thing the I've pictures, ever seen. The pictures, if you Google it, the pictures are fucking hilarious. Like, they couldn't even sell it. Like, it did you see the, the hype rallies for the fan? Like, the Bengals sold out their whole entire stadium. And then Dude, the they Rams gave every even get child 30, of Cincinnati the day off on Monday. Yeah. And the Rams couldn't even fill 30,000 fans in their stadium for their send off rally or whatever the, their pep rally. It's LA. It no one cares. It's the That's biggest right. fans in the NFL. Team. They shouldn't have a football oh, team. No. That's a good one. All right. Let's go with Ray's slash mine. Uh, I had, I wrote this down the court of arbitration of sports, which, which sounds like something out of the Hunger Games, but that's an Total actual racist. It's that's an actual uh, court of litigation in the world. Uh, and I it's them slash the IOC slash Russia because 15 year old Camilla Valiafa uh, tested positive for something called trimtazidine. Oh, you making that over there? 
What's no, that? it's an AIDS medicine. Your mom takes it. <laughs> 22 Russian figure skating championships in St. Petersburg on Christmas. And that one place. The <laughs> layup. That was a fucking layup. Damn it. The court of arbitration of sports basically let uh, this 15 year old compete, but can't medal and can't. Um, they won't this, show the medal ceremony either. They won't She's show the medal. gold. First yeah, of all, but the problem is they're holding the other people's medals in, for a full investigation, so they're not even going to get their medals either. I, fuck the Olympics. Fuck Russia. Fuck, fuck the, the ROC. Ray, your stupid Olympics are dumb. They're corrupt. They're oh, that's the, stupid. They that's let the, the fact that the the Russian Russia can't even compete as a country in the Olympics because of how bad their doping scandal is, and that's through the IOC. Think about all the doping scandals and and the and they still have to kick Russia out. Now they're competing under the Russian Olympic Committee, the ROC, Rock Nation, and they still get this fucking poor girl busted. Fuck this. It's the rock, baby. And but, fuck what about stupid that stupid ruling? What a dumb, dumb, dumb situation. The Olympics are dumb. Quickly, uh, remember the Summer Olympics, the American girl that couldn't compete because she got caught smoking weed? She tested yeah. positive for marijuana. I would be fucking rip shit that the Olympics wouldn't let me fucking go right? run because I smoked weed, but this girl's blood doping you and know fucking has medicine in her. Putin Fuck sending fucking loads of cash oh, to whatever yeah. IOC in court you know what it is? arbitration sports and Sleepy Joe is out you here trying to that save South the Park world. Fuck Sleepy where... Joe. Just send these girls money so they can uh, run. We don't talk politics. This is what it is. Do you ever see that South Park episode where Christopher Reeves was eating stem cell babies yeah. to walk again? Walk again? This is what she was taking to compete. This is why Russia does not have a country in the Olympics. Fuck the ROC. Fuck them all. This is you ever see this. You know what it reminds me of, Ray? This might hit close to home. Watch the movie Schindler's List. <laughs> all right. This uh, is what we're team team Ukraine here. Uh, we already did. Bill's the simplest mind of the week was <laughs> Zach Taylor for not making adjustments. And the uh, uh, well, we already covered that. They're Nazis. I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you one more simplest of the week. Vernon Hargraves, the guy that ran onto the field after the interception of Super Bowl with fucking Nike flip flops. That, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, all right, boys. This has been the Simple Mind Sports Show Friday Rewind, February 18th. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday for the worst teammates in sports history. That oh, should be damn fun. It. I thought we were doing all these Sunday episodes. Sorry, Bill. Bye-bye. I thought you were going to kill yourself, Bill. Huh? All right. Bye-bye. Not on purpose. Good night. Good night. Sure. You're not fucking with me. Come on. Don't record. Damn it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Audio. You can hear me. Why can't I hear you? That's the question. I think you're fucking with me. I wouldn't do that. Plugged in. Oh. Booyah. <laughs> Got it. Oh, hold on. You sound like shit. Hmm? Nope. Hold on. Well, no, now you're just fucking with me. I can, I can hear your lips going. Don't fuck with me.
That's what it sounds like your mother's on Tuesday. <laughs> See, I knew you could hear me. Gunned. Did you steal that hat back from your son? Yeah. I got it's not for you. Great. So now we both look like assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just tell me that you didn't buy Bill one of these? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Every night I let that cat out into the woods, into the dark woods. You don't, oh. If you don't text me back, I'm going to put that fucking cat out in the woods. It's on its own. Oh, Jesus. I got to find internet immediately. <laughs> Boys, we got to go to Walmart right now. Let's go. <laughs> Rich, is there any internet or Wi-Fi signal I can get at the cabin? No, man, you're fucked. No. Well, we got to go to, we got to go to, we got to go to town. <laughs> Fuck. We have each had 157 fucking beers and you got to go to town. Why? Uh, my pregnant wife's about to let my cats out into <laughs> the woods awesome. to die. <laughs> All right. Strap All right. Up. <laughs> Let's go. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get my cold gear on. I'll be right there. I drink a pot of coffee. Sober up. We'll be all right. Yeah. Did you shit your pants? Oh yeah. Oh no, no, that was the next morning. Oh, that was the next morning. Yeah, we went to town again. Fucking Shiloh's. Oh, that place delicious. That lady was a sweetheart, but man, went that right through me. Rumble in the bumble. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Boys, what are we doing? Good, how are you? Vacation. Man, I need your work life. This kid's always on vacation, but yet he can't take vacation with us. Notice that, Rich? What do you mean you're on vacation? You said you were working this week and couldn't run the errand that we asked you to run. I love when he fucking backs himself into a hole. Read Read the text again, and then I said, I'm going to Nashville at the end of the week. And then Ray texted me, and I said... It's I, fucking Wednesday. Yeah, and I couldn't go. I said, I'll try to go before Wednesday, before I leave. What for, a cunt. For, oh, you're show. such a fucking cunt. You're a lying fucking cunt. Just admit it. Believe me or not, Just I don't admit care. it. Just say, no, no I'm not going to go. Time. Go fuck yourselves, because that's what you said with your <laughs> lying, gone, stupid bro. contexts. You said, go fuck yourself, boys. I don't give a shit what you need me to do. I'm not going to do it. I don't that's care. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> you just said you're on vacation. Now, like tonight, like starting to tonight whatever and then tomorrow i'm in hanover i don't care where are you going nashville yeah cool ever been no good times good times Mm -hmm. nashville's fun 